Thanks for joining me for today's episode. I want to give each of you an opportunity after listening today to apply what you hear to your day-to-day life and to find a way to make the message more meaningful to you personally. So I have created a quick and easy reflection activity that will give you some simple and practical ways to personalize today's message. There's a quote that says, tell me and I forget, teach me and I remember, involve me and I learn. I believe that's by Benjamin Franklin. So this is one way you can be involved with the podcast as more than just a listener. You can do something with the information you receive. All you have to do after listening to the podcast is click on the link in the show notes or the description, depending on where you're listening from, to download the personal reflection activity I have prepared just for you. Now, please stay tuned for today's message, which starts right now. Last week, I talked about humility and why it is necessary and important. If you missed it, please go back and listen to episode 81. Today, I will present some popular expressions and phrases we hear all the time, especially in American Christian communities that are not biblical, even though you might have heard a Christian say them or think they come from the Bible. There are so many out there, but in the interest of time, I will discuss four common ones. Number one, money is the root of all evil. This is a misquoted scripture that actually says the love of money is the root of all evil. The Bible doesn't teach that money is a bad thing. So money in and of itself couldn't possibly be a source of evil. In fact, there is a scripture that says money answers all things. The problem with loving money is it can easily become an obsession where your life becomes all about the Benjamins, where you'll do anything to get it, keep it and procure more of it. When your life revolves around money, it becomes your motivation and your reason for everything you do, which can lead to greed and idolatry, which we know God hates. You can also end up living a shallow, self-centered life, which doesn't help or benefit anyone other than you. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things will be added unto you. God, who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, will, as the Bible says, give you the power to get wealth if you serve him and put him first. Okay, number two. God will never give you more than you can bear. This is another expression that is not a direct quote from the Bible. It is based, though, on a scripture that talks about temptation. And that scripture says, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. God doesn't give us trouble. He is not the one who came to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy of God, Satan, came to do that. God came that we might have abundant life. And the other thing that's important to note is God does not tempt us. 
God is not the one doing the tempting. The Bible says when tempted, no one should say God is tempting me for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticement. However, when we are tempted to sin, we're led astray, we make bad decisions, or we end up suffering the consequences of our decisions, God will give us a way out of the trouble. And he is, as the Bible says, a present help in trouble when trouble does come our way. And sometimes we end up in situations we didn't create because we live in a world where trouble and storms are inevitable. There's a scripture that says, in this world, we will have trouble. But we have to know that God has overcome the world. Life happens to us all and it's cyclical. Winter, spring, summer, fall. There are some seasons that make us feel like we cannot withstand the weight of the situation or that seem unbearable. And because we are human, temptation knocks on everybody's door. Sometimes it's a gentle tap on the door and other times it's a bulldozer that threatens to push the whole door in. And something I read says that sometimes we can resist it and sometimes we give into it and get in over our heads. However trouble or temptation comes your way and however you deal with it, know that God promises to be with you and to provide a way of escape out of it. The thing to remember the most is God is not the source of your trouble, but he is the remedy for it. Okay, number three, there's a popular expression that says, I have peace about it. This is such an interesting phrase to me because it's often said as the reason for making a decision. The piece referred to is the confirmation, if you will, that the decision made is the right one. The problem with this is there is no scripture that supports making decisions this way and relying upon yourself and your sense of peace uh, to make or confirm decisions can be misleading. It can be myopic and potentially harmful because the Bible says that the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who can really know how bad it is? And it also says that there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. So we are specifically told in the Bible to lean on God for decisions, not our own sense of right or wrong. The, the scripture says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. So if we are not conferring with Jesus, the Prince of peace or seeking God's wisdom in the matter, we are not tapping into God's peace, which comes from the Prince of peace who gives a peace as the Bible says that passes all understanding. And that is not like the peace in the world because God is nothing like us. So we need his peace and we need his direction to make good decisions for our lives. The Bible says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts, declares the Lord. Okay, number four, spare the rod, spoil the child. This is pretty popular. I hear it all the time. It's, it's close, but it's not the actual scripture. The actual scripture says those who spare the rod hate their 
children, but those who love them are diligent to discipline them. So let's unpack this uh, a little bit. When you hear people misquote this scripture, they are often talking about physical discipline, or as many people in African-American communities say, the belt. So the rod mentioned here, though, is really not a belt, and a discipline does not necessarily mean a spanking. The rod is a symbol, not of punishment, but of discipline. I read a good explanation for how to kind of interpret this, and it says the implication is that it's not necessarily loving for a parent to allow a child free reign. The spiritual duty of parenthood is to lovingly prepare the child for the challenges of human life, the challenges of being a spiritual being in a mortal experience. The most loving parent is one who accepts that responsibility. The key word here is love, which is not a blanket permission to beat children. It's a recognition that loving discipline is an essential part of our spiritual growth. So again, the scripture is not particularly talking about physical discipline so much as it is talking about providing discipline and guidance to our children and training them up in the way they should go as the scripture says. Because the Bible also says that folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. So discipline and corrective action is necessary for our kids to avoid being foolish and to have direction for their lives. Frederick Douglass said uh, that it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. Okay, I'll end with a few honorable mentions that I don't have time to delve into today, but may cover them in a future episode. And they are, God helps those that help themselves. God bless the child that has his own. This too shall pass. God is good all the time and all the time God is good. Cleanliness is next to godliness. God don't like ugly. God works in mysterious ways. Don't judge. God wants me to be happy. That's all I have for today. Please remember to click on the link in the show notes or description, depending on where you're listening from, to download the reflection activity I have created for you to further dive into this topic. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Bye for now.